I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over <laughs> West London. Uh, darkness in my heart and in front of my eyes, Jules. I'm wearing this, I, I couldn't get a, a, a paper bag, so I'm yeah. wearing this, uh, this brown box Not over my box. head to symbolize the embarrassment of Italy being eliminated. I wasn't sure you would turn up this morning. No, no, we no, can no, make no. fun of you. It's good. You know, I, I got all philosophical after 2018, <laughs> uh, missing out on the World Cup, and then again yeah. missing out this Two time in too. A row. Obviously, we'll be talking about that on the show. Yeah. We've got well, we've got the playoffs. We got Gareth Bale's heroics. Amazing. We have Sweden beating the Czechs. We got Cristiano. Whoa, that was close at one yeah, point with Borac Yilmaz's penalty. But, but obviously, there's one place to start. Um, Italy play Macedonia yeah. in Palermo. Italy, who had never lost a World Cup qualifier at home in the history of the universe. 59, um, 59 games, is that right? or something? Like I that? don't even know. I, yeah. I can't count that high. Um, and then, what happens? They go, they batter, they have a ton of the ball, they take a million shots, 19 blocked shots. Yeah, 32 19, shots, 19, 19 of them blocked. It's pretty extraordinary. And uh, yeah, the minute 92. Um, I mean, uh, well done for boycotting the World Cup in Qatar. I knew you, I know that you didn't want to go as Italian, we, so. <laughs> we are making a political <laughs> statement. Um, well done. What happened? Okay. Okay. This is a game where we all knew Italy would have a lot of the ball. We knew that Ciro Immobile, and maybe that's why he got the, arm, the armband as well, in the sense like, okay, this is your responsibility, you know, come and show the way and score the goals that will send us to the World Cup. Insigne and Berardi, the other two of that front three, that was always going to be key because it was all about when or how Italy would score. And after that, once you score the first one, then the rest is easy, right? The thing is, the first one never came. The first one never came. Probably should have come in the first half with Berardi. What, what did he do? Uh, How, what, the, I, shot, the shot was so soft. Yeah. Look, I, I think you can add this to the long list of individual mistakes. Uh, and this is why Italy does not deserve to go to the World Cup. Um, you know, more than one thing can be true. Yeah. I believe Mancini's going in the right direction with his team. I think Italian football's going in the right direction. Broadly, with the national team, there's so many other things that they can fix and do better. But, but the thing is, football's a low-scoring game. Yeah. And, you know... And we can't complain about this in UEFA. We, there's third, UEFA have 13 spots at the World Cup. There's only 55 teams in UEFA. And I'm being generous because I'm including yeah, San Marino and Andorra and those guys. Yeah? yeah, There's no excuse for not going to the World Cup. And the nice thing about European World Cup qualifying is that you get so many second chances, right? It's, yeah. not, it's not like Africa where you win your group and then you're home and away and you're in and out, right? Yeah. Italy had those chances. They dominated Switzerland at home. Yeah. Jorginho misses a penalty. They dominate Switzerland away. Jorginho, Jorginho misses a penalty. Yeah. They dominate Bulgaria even more. Yeah. They give up that stupid equalizer yeah. um, when they just switch off defensively. Those are three things. And still they weren't out. Still they had this chance tonight. Still they had these opportunities on the night. Yeah. Still they switch off when, um, when, when he's shooting on, when, when, when Tchaikovsky's shooting on goal. Because you, can, you know what? If he doesn't make that shot, it goes into extra time. I still like Italy's chances in extra time yeah. or on penalties, right? I mean, there's only so many times you can stumble and screw things up. Yeah. And I think that is what's most frustrating. Yeah, I, I completely, completely. Sorry, no, most frustrating is not going to the World Cup. That is yeah, the second most frustrating. You know, the argument that says, oh, would you rather win the Euros and then not to go, not go to another World Cup? I, you know, I would say, yes, England will take that, blah, blah. This is not the point. Yeah, well, we're not the England. Is okay, that. we're not England. And Italy should qualify to every World Cup and be in every competition to go and win it. Not just because you won the Euro, it's okay not to go to the World Cup two years later. No. This is, you know, Marco Verratti was 21 when he last played a, a World Cup game. He won't be, he would be 33 for the next one if they qualify that and Donnarumma is yet waiting made his debut at 16 he would be 27 <laughs> or something ridiculous before playing it's, it's, I think it's a disaster it's the right direction I'll talk to you about Mancini coaching during the game because yeah. I really struggled we're going to get into that into more granular detail but I'm sorry yeah and look I think inevitably what happens here is you have the inquest you have the root and branch reviews you have you know burn it all down start over again like I said, we're not in that situation. I don't think it's what, it's what grown-up teams do. I think, fundamentally, what you have is you have a lack of individual talent in key positions. Yeah, in some And positions. I'm not, you know, I'm not having it go. And it's, like, it's not like Insigne, Berardi, Immobile. These aren't terrible players, but they're not great players. And there's not, they're not great like some of the strikers we had. In 2006, when Italy won the World Cup, 
Italy's strikers, their names were Francesco Totti, Ale yeah. Del Piero, Pippo Inzaghi, Luca Toni, right? Yeah. This is completely different from these people. Because Lo Sport wrote that Insigne is ready for Canada. No disrespect, MLS. You kind of have a point. Yeah, but is having an amazing season in Serie A. 14 goals, 11 assists. This is a really good player in a good season. He's a player who's 27 years old and still plays for Sassuolo. I mean, true, this is the reality. True. He's very good. But it's not like, you know, he's going to blossom into something. Yeah, no, this is what he's, right. he's a very good player. And the difference between an outstanding player and a very good player is that the outstanding player goes and breaks through more often, yeah. you know, against a very well-defended team. We need to give a shout-out to Macedonia, too. Of because Amazing. You know, just for context, right? The talisman Goran Pandev retires. Yeah. Uh, LF Elmas, who arguably their best player, yeah. suspended for this game. Yeah. And they go out there. They had a, a, a simple game plan. They defended deep. They defended really well, putting bodies on the line. There was something yeah. Burnley-esque, and I say that in a good way about it. And then they're rewarded with that little bit of luck that you always yeah. need at the end. Tarkovsky so, played four years in Palermo. His son was born there, and then he came back and, and scored the winner. And he is, and I think he's one of the few um, Macedonian players who had scored against Italy before yeah, as well. So, true. yeah, there's a bit well of karma there yeah, as well. Yeah. Well done. But we're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to break this all down. When a team goes out, a team that's supposed to win and qualify relatively easily, you go back and you think of mistakes that were made, yep. things that could have been do done differently, players who were called up but who weren't called up. Um, well, first of all, for this specific game, let's leave out the mess before. Um, I thought back, and you're no doubt going to point out more of Mancini's mistakes because mm -hmm. you, you're very good at that. The one thing that, that got me was you knew, you knew how Macedonia were going to play. They were yeah. going to defend deep and play on the counter. He went with that front three. He called up Joe Pedro because he said, I want to have more mobile people who, who will move around so that we can kind of move the defense around and create space and have Barella running in from midfield or whatever and create shots on goal. The alternative was to bring a big man. Probably me bringing a big man, I mean, would have been Skamaka, I assume. Yeah. A, he's not who super experienced. Um, he wasn't injured. He was... He was. It he was, was in he was, the stands. He was not even on the bench. No, no, he wasn't picked to be on the bench for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is what I'm going to. Scamacca and Zagnolo, you know, he, he went for Joao Pedro on the bench yeah, and Politano yeah. for the one-on-ones. He chose that approach. I get the logic that if you just bring in the big tall dude and you start lumping balls to his head, you become predictable. Um, but I do think that would have been, depending how the game went, I think that could have been that that could have been a plan B. That could have been something you turn to. Um, and the other one, I go back to this. Again, we don't know how fit Zaniolo was or whatever, but a lot of times these games are decided by individuals. Exactly. And if it's about an individual taking somebody on, Berardi can do it, but not for 90 minutes and not that well, exactly. as we found out. A fresh guy to come, you know, a Zaniolo to come on to try to break something, to, to, to try to create havoc somehow. I think he, surely he would have had 20 yeah. minutes, half hour I didn't in, understand, to, to, to do that. I didn't understand the Zaniolo at all. Berardi needs to run at people to, to be able to dribble past and make something happen. Zaniolo can make something happen in very, very in tight, tight space. Yes. And so, he has more of a physical presence as completely. well. Really? So that didn't, make, that didn't make any sense. The draw, Pedro, as good as the season he's having in, in Serie A, good on him. He's a late developer, bloomer, whatever. Great. Does that deserve a cap in such a big game? I don't think so. I would have called up Mario Balotelli every single day ahead, yeah. of, ahead of him. But then you get the every, guy who's not mobile, it doesn't the guy matter. who's got issues. It, and we go back to the Zaniolo point. I think that for a game like this, for the last 20 minutes, Balotelli on the pitch in this like mindset, listen, we need a savior. It's nil-nil. Every shot is blocked. There's, no, there's nothing. We just need a bit of inspiration. You know, go and do what you want. You don't you won't have to defend. You don't have to trail back. You don't have to just do get the ball. And, and I think Balotelli would have been far better for that than anyone that Moncho brought, brought on for the game. Has Balotelli ever done something special or served up a special Let assist late in injury time? Maybe with the 93 blue shirt, minutes and 20 seconds? With a blue shirt. But to be fair, though, to be fair, though, Manchester, uh, Roberto Mancini couldn't have known that about Balotelli. Yeah, true. true oh, okay, yeah, right. true. Uh, no, but you see yeah. what I mean? The draw Pedro, I see his number coming up on the board and I'm like, what? And also, draw Pedro misses a chance, you know, right at the, the, yeah. the last second. One of many who's missed chances, yeah. yeah but, if I said to you before the game, okay, you will have one chance to take it to extra time, only one. It will be the 94th minute. Would you rather, and that's before the game, would you rather have Chiro Immobile being there for that chance? 
even if his national team record is obviously not as good as the club record or the larger record, but still, Ciro, or a guy who is not even Italian, really, let's be honest here, who's having a really good season, but he's 30, he's never been in that situation before, never been involved, never even played in yeah. Europe. Who would you have picked to be where that ball landed to make it to 1-1 one, one and take it to extra time? Honestly, neither one. But, uh, but yeah, but, but I, I take your point. Take Immobile? Why would you take him out? Because Immobile ran himself into the ground because I think Immobile is, he's a confidence player. I mean, this is the way Mancini sees it. Uh, he's a confidence player. And when things don't go right with him, we saw this at the Euros as well, you often have to take him out. But yes, you, I think that would have been an obvious game for somebody else to come on to, to, give, you, to give you that dimension. What, um, just before you go, what I didn't understand is... I'm not going and, anywhere. No, 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 but before you go to something else. <laughs> I understand the the line. They say like you, you, there's no need at time to throw strikers and forwards on your on your pitch to try to win a game because right. you can you can have six six forwards on the pitch and you might still not score. However, and I know there was extra time looming in this game, but in a game like this, why taking off a one of your front three forward to bring Pellegrini on? Oh, I can. Why that. no? But at some point, play Immobile and draw Pedro if you want and. And two wingers, and uh, you so, know, do you see what I mean? Why? So I, I, I think the reason he, he almost looked like Mancini got starting to get really stressed out, thinking like, "Oh my God, we're not going to score. We're going to go to extra time. Let's bring Kellini on." Why? Why? Okay, so Kellini, and then Kielini, make those defensive defensive subs it didn't make any sense right. to me. So Kellini was a purely, I think, emotional choice, kind of like roll the dice, blah blah blah. He's only got well, half that an worked hour. Out well. Try to lift the morale. Well, it's not. I, ah, no, but I'm happy to play Kellini for many things. I'm not blaming him for this. No, no, but he's just but, come on. You know, maybe, maybe he's a player that's played the whole game. He comes out quicker on Tarkovsky. I don't know. Anyway, um, the, the 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 other one, the, the Pellegrini thing, I have no problem with whatsoever. Pellegrini is in really good form. Yeah, uh, he's played wide before. Uh, you've got the free kick option. He's a guy who scores who scores big goals. I mean, I honestly, have, I would have played him in midfield, not wide like that. I mean, I to me to me that's less of an issue. Um, look, there's things they could have done on the night, but the reality is, even with the chances they created on the night, those chances should have gone in. Yeah. But more broadly, Jules, if we wind the clock back a little bit, um, and I go back to something I said earlier. In the way this team was built over time, rather than, than, the, than, the, um, than the decisions that were made of the night, I don't see a massive problem other than those wasted opportunities. And you cannot go back and no. complain them. You have to take those. I'm not going to put it all on Jorginho, but those are two missed penalties and the no, defensive that's true. mistake. However, the football is not as good as it was a year ago. The way they play, the way they, you know, as a team, you know, that four-three-three, I think, showed at times that other teams' opponents have kind of worked out how to make sure that you're. They used to play the best football, you know, leading to the Euros and at the start of the Euros. This was the best footballing team in Europe, without a doubt. And then already we saw in the semi-final where Spain were very good. The final was was different; it's a final. But certainly since the Euros, they haven't played as well as they used to. No, partly I... because Spinazzola hasn't been there. So and yes, and, and against North Macedonia, they were far too narrow at times. Because if you play without your two starter full, starting fullbacks, it's not it's not as it's not as I, easy. I, I, I think I think there's also quite evidently a talent gap here, right? Um, Florenzi. And again, not necessarily. Obviously, Di Lorenzo was was, was unavailable. Yeah, I think Di Lorenzo is a far better player than, yeah, than Florenzi. Florenzi does give you more going forward, but, but you know, Florenzi for me should be second or even third yeah. choice at Milan. Yeah. For, for, for me, right? I, yeah. I would take a I had look. Him in Paris, have, so trust yeah. me, I know exactly. Um, Emerson is a guy who never played at Chelsea. No, right? He's now in. Peter Bosch purgatory, right? Yeah, in yeah. mid-table. Yeah? yeah. I mean, yeah. Th th this is the reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You add Spinazzola and... Centre-backs were fine. In fact, I think Bastoni was one of the few guys I would give a pass to. I do think Donnarumma... I expect Donnarumma to save that shot because of from so far away. That That is the only thing I was... And I know it's difficult. You haven't faced no, no, the shot all so game. Big. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but you know, I, I did a few like that in again, Paris as well. That's another one where maybe he could have done better. Maybe yeah. we're not having this conversation now. Um, right, Barella was terrible, but, you know... He's not a bad player. No. Jorginho was taken out of the game, and Jorginho's not on the level he was at. No. I also think that 
and again, you have to give credit Macedonia for this. They took uh, Bardi and they basically said, yeah. you just sit on Jorginho. But that's why I meant that it's predictable now the way they play. But that's why he played Verratti with Jorginho. Yeah. Verratti had a monster game and Verratti, I, I thought, was, was by so far good. Italy's best player. Um, you know, the guy does everything but score. Mm. But again, the front three, you know, I'm sorry, Insigne, yeah. I, bye-bye, you know, Toronto, right? Immobile with his limitations. It's sometimes superstars carry you. And right now, in this generation, in this group, you're very thin on the ground with superstars, especially or difference makers, if we want to use that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm if I want to give Chiesa no, the superstar tag, but he is a difference maker. He yeah, can't, he is a difference he's maker. not there much. So they just don't have the they just, they just don't have the the, the, the no. depth that, that Spain or France or, no, okay, or England but have. You still I mean, should beat North Macedonia even with the depth that you have right now and Switzerland right. and Bulgaria. I agree with you, but the thing is not having the depth is what changes your margin for error. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's what the big blow but is. I think the Euros showed, I mean, we said before the Euros that they, we didn't think they were really ready to win it. You know, we, we, no. we, when we previewed it, we said, okay, this comes maybe a little bit early for this team that we, we really loved at the time and were on that great run that they, they continued for a bit. But we said, okay, maybe the World Cup 2022 will be where the maturity and they arrive and they're amongst the favourite. They won that as they won the Euros as a as a cup team, like as as a you know as a the team that you didn't really expect that grew and grew and grew got a bit lucky semi final final penalties each time blah 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 they win it, but maybe again maybe they're still developing so much that although but, they should have qualified they're just not ready yet for you know to be in that thing I don't know, I I can't work it out why it is let me let me ask you this. Um, because this is one of the big debates about the sort of how you see football trending. And bearing in mind that, you know, Deschamps, of course, won the World Cup playing a certain way. Yeah. Um, one of the things Mancini got praised for is that since arriving there, he kind of turned like 100 years of history on his head. And he said, no, no, no. Winning football is about having the ball. It's about demanding the ball. It's about pressing high. It's about mm. taking, being courageous and taking risks. And that is something that Italian football historically has never done. Yeah. Um, and I think it's something that really cost Italian football for a long time because you get away with it when you have outstanding defenders and outstanding strikers who only need one chance, but you're not going to have that all the time. Um, now, and in that sense, I think Italy for, for the approach, and it's not just Mancini, it's all the coaches that are in Serie, many of the younger coaches in Serie A, the way they play, yeah. it's much more attacking, yeah, much definitely. more risk-taking. Now there's inevitably going to be a backlash with people saying, oh, but look, but before, when we were more conservative and more defensive... You know, we would qualify for things, which yeah. is kind of nonsense because Ventura didn't qualify last time around, but still. Um, given that France definitely belong in the conservative defending counter yeah. camp, where do you stand? Is there some merit to it? Or is it something you can get away with if you're Deschamps because you've got Mbappe? But Yeah, I expect Deschamps to change a bit, to be fair. It's, a, it's an interesting one. I mean, I guess you do what you have to win whatever that is, but you also, it's also fitted to the qualities of your players, right? So when Mancini and Italy were playing really expensive attacking football, pressing high, it's also because they felt, and they did, to be fair, had the player for that. You know, I think it's as much well, they, as... They, I'd argue they still do. They still yeah, have the midfielders exactly. for it, they still have the strikers for it, in terms of yeah. strikers willing to run yeah, around yeah, and, and expand injury and whatever, the right? The intensity, for sure. I think it's as much as that, uh, than your, the, the mindset of your coach who said, like, you know what, I can have those incredibly talented technical players, I'm still going to play on the counter, but it's more, it's more tricky. But it worked for France. And, it worked for France. And Gary Southgate thought it was he, going to work for England. He had a bit of, Deschamps had a bit of both, to be fair. And I think he chose what he was most comfortable with. And now we see a bit of an evolution where he's thinking a bit more like, okay, we're going to slightly play differently. It's a, it's a good question. I, d I don't want Mancini to go to start with. I know he said last night after the game, you know, it's going to be difficult now. It's not the time to think about my future. I don't want him to go because... I still think that he, as you said, they're going to the right direction. I don't think there's much needed to change to make it to make it work again. Just wait for better players. Yeah, yeah, but but I think I think collectively, you could you could almost uh, make up for the lack of, like you say, match winner that you can have in terms of talent, right. individual talent. I just, I, I just think it's, it's such a huge shame. And I also think that you grow as a player and as a team when you go to World Cups. I know Italy, before not qualifying for the last two, had two 
terrible World Cup after 06 where you didn't even went through the group stages, you know, in 10 and 14. No, I'm not here to bring back medal right. but, you know, so it's been a while now that you've been, you, you, you know, you and World Cups hasn't worked out. But I do think that you grow as a player by going through those experiences, whether they're good or bad. And I think it's a real shame for for a big generation not to not to be able to. And we go back to Donnarumma and, and Verratti and players like that. Jorginho will probably never play in a World Cup now. You know, which is, which is a sh for him, uh, you know, with, whether you like him or not, whether you think he's good or not, it's a real shame that you play for Italy and not even make to the World Cup once. Yeah, no, I, I'm very much, I'm very much, I'm, I'm, I'm bored with that. Um, it's funny, those stats, right? Like, when people, people bring this up, Italy didn't win a game in 2010, so yeah. I can, you can't, it's, it's such a dumb way. To look at it, whether, whether for positive or for negative, yeah. right? Um, I can come back and say, oh, look, since 2002, Italy have lost, I think it's two World Cup games. And one of them was the one when Suarez was biting people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, do you know what sure. I mean? Like, oh, I because they, they weren't there. And that, that's going to hold until 2026. So I, I think you have to look at trends over time and you have to look at the performances in between at, at the Euros. Um, I think. There are still some structural problems. Um, one of the big ones, and this is something the federations complained about, is that what clubs in Italy are doing, um, not just in Italy, but it's especially marked in Italy, is the equivalent of the under-21 side uh, or under-23 side at each club. There's a developmental team, right? They're packing it full with, they're taking 18-year-olds from yeah. other countries. And so, it's a classic bottleneck issue, right? Which they've talked about in England and so on. Yeah. I've always been on the side that, like, if you're talking about national team success, you have to be really, really good. And so, you know, if I'm a super promising young player at Manchester City, let's say, just because they bring in six foreign dudes when I'm 18, yeah. if I'm of the caliber to make a difference yeah, yeah. at the national team level, that's actually just going to make me better if those guys are good. Yeah. But what's your take on it? I don't know. I because in France you don't have that problem because in France what happens is very convenient because you produce so many players then they all get bought and they all go abroad. Yeah, but when they free that, up spots for more young talent to go through. Is there a problem with academies in Italian clubs? I I, I mean, is look, there a problem with your formation, the, the way you form players, young players. The players are definitely coming through, um, but the argument is more should come through and more should be ready to play at a younger age because when they reach that that we call it the the, the primavera level. They, the under-21 level, um, those teams are filled with foreign players, yeah. with young foreign players. Yeah, you, get, yeah. you get cheaply, a lot of times there's some agent speculation or whatever, and so the guys don't get minutes. Yeah. Um, that's I think, the I think you know, it's something that England have changed, for example, with Brexit. There's a new rule. You can't sign as many young French 15-year-old or 16-year-old like Gael Kakuta to bring to your English clubs. I think, and I think yeah, but, this is something that you have to look into, though, to be fair. But uh, so, first of all, I, if there's legal issues there. What I want to point out about England, though, is that this great generation of, of young English players, and I think we can both agree, they produce a ton of talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, all these guys came through when that rule wasn't there. True. All these guys came because, through when English academies were filled with foreign players. True, but they still have, they put the emphasis on we need to do better. At, Bringing through those young, those oh no, young everybody, no, but everybody puts emphasis on. But what I'm saying I know, is, those young players, they they faced much tougher competition to get playing time at youth level, and I think the result is Saka and Foden and all these guys today. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. I, so I don't quite know that. Oh, if we, you know, there's no foreigners that we're just playing amongst ourselves all the time because then you get the guy who no, thinks he's true. a superstar and he's playing against the Muppet Show. That's true. So it can, uh, I, th I think it can work, it can work both ways. Yeah, no, no, it, it is. But there's, there's. You know, I think I think, like you said, Italy are going to the right direction with Mancini, but there's still a lot of work to be done to make sure that this disaster doesn't happen again. It can't happen again. And just think about the losses that it is for, I don't know, for your federation, for your league, in terms of sponsorship money that would have come in, in terms of TV rights that would have come in for that World Cup, yeah. for you know, for your federation, for all the money that could have gone back to grassroots football, all of that. This is a disaster. Do you know what they should do? Maybe they can, uh, um, maybe sort of during the World Cup, since they'll have time on their hands, maybe they should all go um, in the bubble in Orlando. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah that, that's, that's an original idea. idea. Play a little tournament there, no? Who are you going to support? 
Uh, you, might, you might not have to send now because there's still no. plenty of time between now and the World Cup. So Qatar, but I have. It's okay if you want to go for France. I, I welcome you in the family. He's yeah. kind of like cheating, right? So normally, I, this, this is a good one. I mean, I and mean, this is going to be an ongoing thing. I'm, I'm willing to take suggestions, right? Um, you look for other countries that you have ties to. Yeah. So in my case, um, you lived in a lot of countries when you were younger. So that... I did live in. Yeah. One obvious thing you can't do is I can't support another big team. I can't support another team that's that's won the World Cup at least initially. Okay. Right? Okay. I like this is not or that is a legitimate contender because yeah, that's yeah, yeah. you know. So obviously you start with you know the team you would least want to support and obviously it's Germany that you least <laughs> want to support. Not no disrespect, but you know four okay. World Sorry, Cups, four Germans. World Cups. Sorry, Germany. Sorry. Uh, I admire that. I can't. Yeah. Um, and then you work backwards from that. I do have family ties to to the United States um, of and to uh, and to Scotland. Um, I'm not sure Scotland will make it, but they're yeah. still in yeah, with yeah, a shot. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, uh, the U.S. obviously. Uh, I think pretty safe they'll make it. Yeah. Beyond that, I used to live in Japan, so I'm definitely going to support Japan. Yeah, um, me too, man. Let's go those two goals. I've been a Super Eagles fan, just because I like the shirt since. Uh, uh, and you're a big star over there to Nigeria. Hi uh, to our hello, Nigeria. Nigeria. Hello, yeah. Colin. Uh, it's going to so, be real yeah. tough for them uh, as well, I think, yeah. to make it. Uh, but I am open to suggestions. And obviously, if Macedonia make it, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm on board with Macedonia. Macedonia, yeah. All the way. All the way. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com gab. Just go to Indeed.com gab. Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Jules. Enough Italy, and I mean it. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Portugal will beat Turkey and will face North Macedonia on Tuesday night. Jules, that penalty missed Ooh. by Burak Yilmaz weighs heavily. Yeah, really. I mean, they, they started well. They played well, Otavio and Diogo Jota in the first half. He was really good on the front foot from Portugal. I was even kind of happy with Fernando Santos' team selection. The piece, I was Come like, on, what's picking going on? Otavio, that's a big call. I was like, what's going on, man? Um, and then... And then the second half was not as good. And, and to be fair, Turkey responded well, played well. It's a great goal by Burak Ilmaz. And then the penalty comes and you say, OK, this is where, this is where things maybe turn for Portugal. And, and Burak Ilmaz just smashes the ball and you just think, like, why? Like, why, like, why, why did What's he... What's he supposed to do? Place it? Because he's a but big yeah, man. It doesn't matter. Confident. It doesn't matter. You know, and after that, then obviously they scored, two, they scored a goal in garbage time. Cristiano could have scored as well. And, and Turkey, but I did think for all the good things or the better things that we saw, and it was an improved performance from what we saw from Portugal, there were still some like old bad habits. And of course, they were without three quarters of their, you know, their starting defence. So it's not easy if you're Portugal, uh, no Cancelo, no Diaz, no Pep. So it's, it's not the same still. I need to ask about Cristiano because last night on the show, um, you know, they were saying Cristiano did his part in the first half, and, but sort of around the hour mark, you know, they would say, maybe you tune a lot, you should take Cristiano off. And I, I just need to run this theory by you. And I explain to you that if you say this, you do not understand Fernando Santos. Yeah, he's somebody who plays percentages, sure. right? Um, there is no way he's taking Never. Cristiano off unless Cristiano wants to come exactly. off. Uh, you're tune a Yeah. If you take him off and Turkey come back into the game, like you might as well move to outer Mongolia because you're not moving back there. You know, you don't deserve that. You get some other place. Um, And if you leave him on and you get knocked out, oh, well, you fought till the end with Cristiano. Yeah. Right. And if you leave him on and you win, everything's fine. 
Yeah. So this is the, the <laughs> this dilemma. is the Fernando exactly. Santos playbook, right? It is. It is his dilemma. If there is a dilemma, even you mm. might not see it that way. At times, it looked like Cristiano was a bit of a passenger in that second half, definitely. But then, but but, but then he might he would have popped in somewhere and scored a winning goal exactly. had it been two two. So Cristiano saved your backside so many times exactly. on on set pieces and what dead balls that even if you know he's he's a bit of a passenger physically. Yeah, exactly. Sweden also advanced, Gab, and will face Poland on Tuesday. They had to go into extra time to beat the Czech Republic in what was quite a boring game for most of it. But Czech Republic thought they scored first. Do you know why Michael Oliver disallowed that goal from Kushka? Yeah, well, so first off, congrats to Sweden. Yeah, yeah, I mean, great goal we might too. get to see Ibrahimovic play. Great goal, came late in the yeah, game. Yeah. But no, I don't understand. Is there a foul I, in the build-up? That's look, the only I mean, I there's see. things you can call, not call. There's the, the, the Lindelof. Right? But very strange. This is, I mean, the commentator actually said, oh, it looks like Michael Oliver will be happy if, you know, VAR finds something. <laughs> I, look, I just want an explanation. People make mistakes. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised, you know, they didn't find, oh, it's, it's correct. There's no foul. I, to me, it seemed like 100%. Something Oliver should have looked at again, yeah, and maybe even come out and explained afterwards. Completely. Gareth Bale steals a show, and Wales are in the playoff final with a two-one win over Austria. Just, I, I am lost for words. I do not understand this. I don't understand how the guy can, just the way he can never play and then play and be such a difference maker. Just really get in the mindset. And just for that, I think he deserves a lot of credit. Again, whether you like him or not, whether you think that what's happening to him at Real Madrid is deserved, not deserved, it's his fault, the club's fault, the media's fault, anything. You know my views on that. Yeah, but for him to have played an hour against Villarreal and then a few minutes there and there, whatever it was against Villarreal, I think that's the last game he started for Real Madrid, to come in in such a big game against a decent team. They're, they're, good, they're a good mm. team, you know. They are a good team. They have a bad manager, Austria, we've said that before, and he should not, should not even be in charge. But anyway, and to play like that, to be so clutch, so key for your country who's been waiting for a World Cup since 1958. And yeah, there's another game, of course, to be played and, and won if they want to go. But I just find it incredible. And really, I think this is a very, very special player. I think he was right in a way to respond to, to Marka calling him a parasite and everything. It might be not, it, it might not just be Ramon Ritz fault if he hasn't played. I just think that he's clearly still talented. And I don't know whose who's blame it is that he's in that situation with Real Madrid in Spain, but it should not be the way it is. That's the thing. No, I, I agree. I'm just bowled over by the fitness side, by being mentally ready for this Incredible. game when you don't play, by switching. Incredible. You hear so many like athletes, fitness experts, oh no, you need to get match fit, you need to get psychologically right if you haven't played in two months, then you can't. No, this guy obviously clearly. proves them all wrong. Yeah, clearly. Gab, Wales will have to wait until June to play their, uh, their final. And since the Scotland v Ukraine game, the Sunday semi-final has been postponed, obviously. Does that make sense to you? Well, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, I'm, well, no, look, I, we understand why Scotland v Ukraine yeah, yeah, was postponed, and that's fair enough. Um, I am cu- I'm slightly curious about why Wales didn't, why Wales and Austria didn't postpone their game, so that you could do the whole little package. Because yeah. this is something where you know Wales have played this game, then you know you got three months. Maybe they'll play a friendly. I don't know before the Scotland. Yeah, you can have players get injured or something I, like that instead of playing back to back. It would seem more logical to me. Maybe you take your momentum with you yeah. and say. Let's do this all in June. Um, but, you know, I obviously didn't just come down to then. There's TV rights issues mm, as yeah, well. Yeah, but um, I'm looking forward to that. I'll yeah, be neutral. Be good. I'm, I'm free now. Details are scarce right now, but Chelsea will be allowed to sell tickets for their FA Cup semifinal against Crystal Palace and their Champions League quarterfinal with Real Madrid. Um, they just won't be able to keep the funds. We won't have an empty stadium. Yeah. Sound fair to you, Jules? So I think if the sanctions were for Roman Abramovich not to make any money, through Chelsea or with right. Chelsea whatever so if the money doesn't go to Chelsea and I'm not sure where it's going to go to charity to uh, a close funds that maybe then the new owner can, can have or whatever I think the suggestion has been charity Ukraine yeah, charity I think Ukraine charity is perfect Chelsea fans would be very happy to pay for the tickets for that money to go and help the people of Ukraine so I've got no problems at all and I don't think anyone should have any problems with it anyway no, but, but, I, I mean it makes a lot Ukraine. more sense than playing in an empty stadium um, and 
by the way, they should do this because as the rules stand now for Chelsea's later uh, Premier League games, they're in a situation where Chelsea season ticket holders can go, but away fans won't be able to go. Yeah. Which also makes no sense, isn't fair to other clubs. Yeah, exactly. Sticking with Chelsea, Gav, as we record this, we're getting uh, some clarity on the race on the bidders to buy the club. It looks like as if Todd Bailey's group uh, and the consortium led by Sir Martin Broughton and, Sebastian, and Lord Sebastian Coe I've made the short list. Others don't haven't though. Yeah, uh, look, these are just these are just things that we've heard, right? Yeah. From uh, um, this could change. This is what's being reported. But that those two are in the strongest uh, position right now. Uh, Todd Bowley, of course, involved with the LA Dodgers and yeah. that con- consortium with uh, Jonathan Goldstein, who's a property developer here in London. The Martin Brown and Sebastian Co consortium apparently reportedly some of their backing comes from South um, Korea isn't it quite a lot of people from South Korea from what I'd heard David Blitzer and and, and Harris yeah, so of course well, yeah. own Palace. a big chunk of Crystal Palace so presumably they'd have to sell that uh, it seems that Woody Johnson former uh, US ambassador to London yeah, owner of the New York Jets. Jets is out Rick the Ricketts family it's weird. Some people are reporting that. Some people are reporting they're still yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we saw a big a, fans backlash against them. As big well. backlash yeah. uh, against them for uh, some of the, some of their opinions that they'd stated in the past. Also, some of the political views yeah. of members of the Ricketts family. Uh, the Saudi bid supposedly out, but they're still willing to work with others. I don't think that should be allowed. Period. No. Given the Newcastle situation, and of course the Candyman. The Candyman. What's happening with the Candyman? Well, I'm told the Candyman can, but <laughs> no confirmation there yet. So, like, it's like watching. One of those races where you don't really know the people in the yeah, race. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't really know if you, what opinion you should have about them. But <laughs> I, but also, a reminder to everybody, yeah. Roman Abramovich does not have to sell. If he doesn't get the bid he wants, he can sit on his backside. Yeah. He also has options. He could also launch, uh, he could try to block this legally as well. Yeah, yeah, should yeah. He, if he feels he's not getting a fair deal. So I don't think this is going to be wrapped up quite as quickly. No. Ecuador lose to Paraguay 3-1, but they still qualify for the World Cup. Well done to them. Along with Uruguay, who beat Peru 1-0. But Jules, Peruvians are furious. The VAR did not intervene when Miguel Trauco's finish was pushed out uh, on the line, maybe across the line, uh, from Sergio Rojet in the Uruguayan goal. So, and there's no goal line technology in Commonwealth. Yeah, that's uh, what we have to say. There's, there's no the 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 um, the watch doesn't doesn't beep if the ball has gone through right. the the line. However, even if you don't have the uh, goal line technology system, everybody from me in front of my television, everybody in the stadium. I mean, you could see on the face of the Uruguayan players, they all know the ball is in. They all know it's like uh, what's that United goalkeeper Carroll? What's his first name? Uh, Roy Carroll. Yeah, you remember that? Roy the, yeah, yeah. It's like how it's a trochus. It's a miss cross if you haven't seen it from the left hand side, and the ball goes up, and then and and then like Roger gets the ball, but then falls back, falls backwards almost, and 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 backwards toward his own in his own goal, but he's way in, like really way in, and it's it's crazy because now obviously. Peru are still on this, uh, on f- in fifth place to qualify for the playoffs, or the World Cup playoffs. So they still might make well, it. Uruguay clinch yeah. because it, of that goal. Exactly. Right? If it'd been a draw, Uruguay would not have would would not have been already through before the last game of the the South American qualifier. It's it's an absolute mess. I don't think there's anything they can do now. The, 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 they the said television pictures were inconclusive, and that's why VAR didn't didn't intervene but at the very uh, least show the referee right, come on uh, come on Russia have announced Gab their candidacy to host Euro 2028 or and Euro 2032 which is a bit odd given that they are currently suspended from football right they are suspended from playing they're not they suspended they're from uh, making expression of interest yeah no this is exactly what they think they're, they're being mischievous and clever uh. ha ha we're trolling you no and look I don't say this because they don't have a shot just Everybody else who's been involved, they've already have bid committees and they're moving towards it. their campaign. It's just, you know, it's like they send an email saying like, oh, look, we hey, might pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Selling a little or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the... Did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow 
grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Jules, we have another Manchester United managerial shortlist. Yay! Yay! Funny enough, this is a lot like the old one that people have been reporting all along. Yes. Julian Lopetegui, Luis Enrique, Mauricio Pochettino, Eric Ten Hag. I don't want to ask you about the candidates we've done this, but I want to ask you about our colleague Jan Agafjortov. He said that it's silly to have four candidates at this stage. It's nearly April. You should have one candidate, and if you don't go, you don't have him, you don't get him, move on to the next one. You should have clearer ideas at this stage. Yeah. I mean, unless they're not sure... How can they, you not be like, sure? But maybe they like them all. They sacked Solskjaer in November. I know, but maybe they're thinking, you know what, let's hear what they all have to say and then we can decide, we have a vibe, you know, we, we can tell, oh yeah, you know, he was charming, he was, he seduced us, oh no, he was grumpy, he was badly dressed. Uh, I, you, you know, you know, I won't name, but <laughs> some people who went for the, for the French job didn't get it because they were wearing jeans, for example. Wow. Which is, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm, Sorry, Arsene. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know. Sticking with Man United, though, uh, Gab, Bruno Fernandes has a contract through 2025, but it's, it, it's reported that he will get a new one, a two-year extension until 2027, and more than doubling his wages as well. You don't like contract to, uh, you know, players to a certain age. What do you think of that one? I think this is just stupid. This is, there's no reason to do this. Now, if you want to give him so more money, he was making 100 grand a week, so give him more money. But even then, even then, you don't know who the manager is. He's a number. You have him mocked up, right? Yeah. Already. Why? Wait to see now? what the new man. Maybe the new manager doesn't play with a number 10. Maybe the new manager doesn't like yeah. Bruno Fernandez. Yeah. What, are you going to let Bruno Fernandez's presence dictate who you hire? This is so stupid. Why would you lock yourself into this? Make so, I I, I'm hoping this isn't true. I'm hoping this is Bruno Fernandez's uh, agents going yak, yak, yak. Because this would be a really, really, really dumb move from Fletcher and Murta. And I suppose this is one of the first Richard Arnold things. Yeah, There's is. no reason be. to do this. Crazy. None. You're in a strong position. Wait. 2025 exactly. is linked with you. He's... Well, you can never have enough United. So let's talk about them some more. Paul Pogba says that he's experienced with uh, de experienced depression at the club. Maybe some of his struggles have to do with not having a defined position, being shifted in different roles. This makes sense, Jules? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm obviously completely biased. I've said that before <laughs> uh, through my relationship with him. But I think he, on the depression, he's right. At, at times, it's been very difficult for him with the criticism and all of that. I think he's right as well on the position. I know the national team is different to, to a club team. But... With the national team, there's one position. He knows exactly what he has to do. He knows who he's playing next to, for example. And with United, it changes all the time. There's no clarity. Not enough. There hasn't I been enough in the, was it, five years or six years now that he's been at the club. He's had different managers and stuff and using different roles. It's, it's I, I appreciated the fact that he opened up talking about depression. Not yeah. many top athletes do that so no. openly. Colombia is still alive in common ball, qualifying with a win over Bolivia. And it's thanks to a stunning goal, well, part of it, from Luis Diaz, the first one. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, Luis Diaz is in amazing. fuego right now. When Completely we talk about individuals who, who carry you, that is what Luis Diaz is doing. Good news for Liverpool down yep. the stretch because he'll be bouncing. Meanwhile, Jules, Vinicius scores his first goal for Brazil in a 4-0 thumping of Chile. First of many, yes? Yeah, I think so. He took it really well. Just before the break, Neymar assist after Neymar scored the first one on, on the Neymar's penalty. Neymar's still playing? No. Still playing? I, I thought he played quite birthday? well. I thought he played is it, quite well. Has his sister's well. birthday passed? Yeah, it passed. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd be disappointed to know you were not invited. Uh, but <laughs> this was good. If you like your, your basketball like us, your NBA, they play small ball with Neymar as the first nine. And then you had Paquette, your Paquette. Paqueta and Anthony and Vini. And and it was cool. It was and Fred and Casemiro, if you want to, it was it was good. Uh, you know, Chile are Chile. They might not make it. They towards the end of that generation, of course. Um, even if they had a couple of ch decent chances, but it was a good game. It was a really good game. I think it's. Um, I mean, this is the advantage of the qualifying format that you have in in common ball, right? If you advantage if you do it right. Yeah. You've got it locked up, so now I can go and I can try different things, right? Yeah. I can, you know, Anthony, after getting the stupidest red card in the history of Ajax. Of and, and a winning goal as well against And Fiat. a winning goal, yeah. After you do, you know, you can say, hey, 
This isn't a must win for me. I can I can bring yeah, you in. True. I can see what happens. See you in the group. You know he can he can he's got more options to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so so yeah no I because I think if you're Brazil you have to start thinking ahead. Yeah. Beyond Chiche once, right. once he moves on. Exactly. Marcelo Brozovic has extended his contract with Inter, doubling his wages to around 12 million euros a year or about 200,000 pound a week. Gab is a deal through 2026 when he will be 34 years old. So we go back to my yeah. usual questions on the kind of deal. Are you happy or is it too late for that kind of deal? So Look, remember what I said before about Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Now I love the bras. Yeah. The bras is very critical. Important. He's yeah. cool. He's got cool. He's got cool ink. Yeah. Whatever. Right. And his contract was running down. Yeah. But you've doubled his salary. You've doubled his gross salary. Um, and you're on the hook until 2026. Again, what kind of market was there out there for Marcelo Brozovic for a guy who's pushing 30? Right. Uh, were you really that terrified that everything's going to collapse? Now you're stuck with a guy. And by the way, this money, he's going to make Manchester, he's going to make Bruno Fernandes type money. Which again, yeah, yeah. it's fine if you're Manchester United, you got a ton of money. I mean, ben Bruno probably deserves it. But Brozovic isn't Bruno. Inter's yeah. revenues aren't United's revenues. I thought revenues. Inter were done with those kind of contracts. I, I would have thought so too. I'm like, I, I, I just look at this and, you know... But I, I think they're saying, oh, look, we're going to free up space when Vidal and... Uh, and to, to be fair. To be, and why I don't think you use that be... money on buying young, good, good young players rather than pushing this and Maybe on and they on. looked around and there was no one who could, have, could come in and do the job that he does so well. That been yeah, look, so but well. I, I, I'll say this, though. It's 2022, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. right? I would go to Brozovic and say, Broz, we'll give you the money you want. But not for four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years. Two yeah. years plus an option. Whatever you want, right? Yeah. But seriously, like, honestly, no, who's, no, no, who, no, no, no. who's coming for Brozovic? I know. I, know. I would love I to know who's going to come and give Brozovic 200 grand a week. I, I'd love to know who they were competing yeah, against. Yeah, yeah, Mexico and the United States draw nil-nil at the Azteca. Jules, it sort of suits both teams, no? We, yeah. we still expect them in Qatar, right? Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I didn't watch, it, was, it was really late. I didn't watch the whole game. Exactly. It it's highlights. kicked off at 2 a.m. London time. Yeah, exactly. It looked like they were all happy with, with that kind of result, that he was not the most attacking game. Like, let's go and win this at all costs kind of thing. The U.S. had maybe the, the, the two biggest chances. But yeah, the Pulisic chance yeah, early is a bit. Mm. Is a bit. But, but yeah, I think they, they have two more games in this side of the qualifiers uh, to go. I think they'll be okay. Same with Canada, uh, and and I think it's between Costa Rica and Panama. Mm. I think uh, for the remaining spots. So we will see. But yeah, it's one of those where no winners, no problem. Pedri has revealed that prior to joining Barcelona, he had a trial with Real Madrid, and who told him that he was not good enough, and they didn't keep, they didn't keep him. I got to hurt now. I love little Pedri coming, you know, from from Tenerife with his little plastic bag. Um, if we didn't know he's such a lovely guy, you would yeah. assume that he's kind of he's trolling, trolling and twisting yeah, knife yeah, yeah, a little yeah, yeah. bit. But you know what? Stories like this are so common. We both know so many footballers who've been in this situation, who went for trials and were told, you're, you know, you're too small, you're too yeah. slow, you're not gifted enough, and yeah. so on. This happens all the time. I think, I mean, growing up, in Milan, Inter and Milan fans will know this about the day Inter Milan died, in, metaphorically, yeah. when they looked at a young Franco Baresi who wanted to join his big brother yeah. uh, at Inter um, and had a trial and says, ah, no, 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 you're too small, you're too weak, you'll never amount to everything. And you're that was Franco man. Baresi. And that exactly. changed the course of history. But they, honestly, these, are, these stories are not that uncommon. Yeah, they're all the time everywhere. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mesut Ozil has it. been suspended by Fenerbahce. Oh, no. Jules, this feels familiar. I think this happened before maybe another, another club, club. Maybe different manager. country as well or something. They haven't revealed what the problem was and why him and, and the teammates have been suspended and dropped from the, uh, the first team squads. I mean, 
he's your he's your star player right you remember the marquee signing that mm. he was when he came over this is the club that he supported him and his family uh, so the, the whole fairy tale he hasn't taken long for the fairy tale to end uh, I don't know what Mesut did but you know like you said this, it can't be a surprise either though it's also as I said it's also really dumb when the club suspend you without saying why because you know other people are going to go and yeah, fill the gap and come up with things reasons why which may or may not be true that's true Paulo Dybala was interrogated for three hours uh, as the investigation into Juventus uh, false accounting continues and Gab this came a few days only after the fact that Juve told him that they were not going to extend his contract yeah uh I think it's just a weird coincidence. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, it can't yeah, be. Yeah. Um, it's a tough week, though. But, you know, no, but I, I do wonder if they had extended his contract, might Dybala have come up with some sort of injury excuse to delay his testimony Maybe, or whatever? Yeah. Um, part of the allegation here is that there's private agreements and, 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 and in place and so on. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I wonder if there's something also a little bit performative here. Yeah. I don't know that you need to spend three hours with a 28-year-old footballer who is not a lawyer, is not an agent, and an so accountant. on. Yeah. I mean, what is that an account? What, what questions yeah. are you going to ask him? Um, but it wouldn't be the first What do you think that. he's going to play next season? And what kind of market do you expect from him this summer? I don't know. Um, obviously, there's a strong link to to Winter, right? Because Inter, oh, look, you know, we can... We can, we can kind of get one over and yeah, you know, Marotta and, Dybala, Lautaro, yeah. and Marotta's there and so on. I think at the right number, Dybala is a special player and has a lot to give. Mm. But you have to factor in the risks that are involved with signing yeah, yeah. him. For the sure. fact that he's disappeared in big in big games, the fact that, that you know, he's simply he's missed more than 50% yeah, of the starts in the last two and a half years, you have to factor that in. I don't know that his market abroad is as big as people suggest. I don't think so. Um, so you know, I know he was linked with, with Tottenham a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. and PSG, you know, the ones that always come Not back. a Conte-type Conte player Madrid, at all, yeah. by the way. So, uh, yeah, Atletico Madrid yeah. always in the mix. Of course. But, yeah, no. Ligon have sold a 13% stake in their media rights business to CVC Capital. Yeah. Jules, we love to talk about private equity <laughs> oh. uh, on this show, but it's hard not to. They're everywhere. They have stakes in La Liga, in Formula One, in rugby, in yeah. MotoGP. They, they nearly bought a stake in Serie A as well. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. People tell me, like, oh, wait and see, but it's good because that means more money for clubs. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it's 1.5 billion that would then be shared and split between the clubs. So, for example, PhD wanted 30%. They will have 17%, which I think is 200 million. Then I think Monaco, Marseille, and Lyon, maybe 80 million. All the others will have 33, something like that. They've, they've tried to share the pie. I, I don't know exactly what that means, how much control they will have, what, you know, can they decide things or not? It's a bit early, but I don't usually like things like that. I'm just putting it out there. Effectively, what, I mean, for those who don't know, they're giving a lot of money up front, and in exchange, they get a cut of future revenue. Yeah, TV rights and stuff. They're in the minority, but they have what they call as negative control. So they're going to be able to veto certain things, um, they're going to be able to stand in the way if Ligand does something silly. I think one of the, if there's something encouraging to others and neutrals and people who don't like a hypothetical breakaway European Super League, yeah, having a big boy like CVC with such a strong stake in two of Europe's big five leagues, to me suggests that that is another barrier to a European Super League. Um, because yeah, okay. they have a, they yeah, have skin yeah, yeah. in the game, right? Yeah, yeah They yeah. want La Liga. They, they might want, be involved in the Super League as well, CVC, and like you know. But they won't do it if it's going to hurt La Liga true. and their investment in Liga. That's true. Right. That's true. Canada lose to Costa Rica at home one 0 but Gab, they're going to be okay to qualify for the World Cup, right? Yeah, I think so. They have a three-point lead, two games to go. I mean, they would really have to screw the pooch yeah. here. Um, that this game influenced by the sending off just after half an hour. The guy got, got two yellow cards. I'm yeah. blanking on his name now. Um, but no, I think I think John Herdman, um, everybody's probably the most successful former women's football coach yeah, in the world. Yeah, I think so. Um, in history. On his uh, way. It's on his way. Yeah. Ada Hegerberg is back in international football for Norway after a five-year hiatus. Jules, this is huge. It's huge for the reasons why she stepped away. It's huge for who she is and what she means. Exactly, you're right. She stepped away because she felt the um, the way the Norwegian national team at the time was too amateurish and that it didn't didn't really answer the requirements of 
the the top of the women's game and that's why she took a step back and it was for a long time i think she expected maybe not to last that long for for the reaction that i saw after she was just called back she was very happy she's the ballon d'or she's one of the greatest women players of all time and i think international football needed her in the fact and i think she needed it as well she just came back from a really bad injury too so it's it's really good i think for everyone involved and and let's see now if she can take Norway to winning things as well, which would be incredible. How old is she now? 26 or 27, maybe. So she missed a big chunk of her of best her prime, years. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And she still has great years ahead, but uh, certainly, I think, a big thing for her and for Norway. So Norway could have the top men's player and the top women's player in a couple of years, potentially. They could, they could, exactly, yeah. All right. Yeah. Stay tuned there, Martin Udegaard, because it's you we were of talking course, about. Of course, of course. Saudi Arabia and Japan have qualified from uh, Asia. Big win for Japan, 2-0 away to Australia, who now looked headed to the playoff. Mitoma, we, we mentioned before on the show, if you're a regular listener, uh, with two goals there, late goals as well to win that. Yeah, I think Australia kind of throwing it away, goalkeeping error uh, yeah. as well on one of those goals. Um, by the way, nothing straightforward for Australia. They have to... So they were third in, the, in their group. Yeah. They're going to face the third-place team in the other group, um, which is going to be either Iraq or the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. And, and then, then the winner faces exactly. the qualifying intercontinental playoff uh, from Conmebol, who, you know, we don't know who it's going to be. Could be no. Colombia, could be Chile, could be Peru. Yeah. Um, so definitely That's uphill for the, uh, for the Socceroos. Yeah. RMC, who I believe you work for occasionally, <laughs> are reporting that Ashraf Hakimi is unhappy at Paris Saint-Germain. He would like to leave because because the senior players, the Messi's and Neymar's, they don't like him. They no, don't talk not. to him. Uh, yeah. So, the, what's the, whole, the problem? Here? The whole thing. His best friend is Kylian Mbappe, right? And now Kylian's leaving. Says, exactly. Take so now me Ashraf is thinking like, hang on a minute. If I lose Kiki, as he calls him, from the dressing room, who is my best pal, we're so close, we spend all our time together. You know what? What do I've got left after that? And then he he looks at the South Americans who. Uh, not really his pals and he's thinking like oh that might be tough for me I, I think hang out with Verratti man he's everybody's friend he the is little fella. To be fair. he is but I think this is I mean they, they made this a big a big thing I don't think it's that big I don't think Ashraf Hakimi wants to, to leave the club even if Kylian goes but why don't the South Americans like him the, guy, the guy's a native Speaks Spanish, Spanish. he's a native Spanish speaker Speaks he grew up in Madrid I know yeah I don't Ooh, know what. I, I'm idea. not sure if they don't like him wait really. could Real Madrid use a right back you would think oh, so. Yeah. Yes. I think Odrio Zola is coming back. Maybe they think he's better than Hakimi. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. The Bundesliga has ruled that Borussia Mönchengladbach 2-0 win away at Bochum will stand. Remember, Gab, the game was abandoned after the linesman was hit by a cup of beer thrown from the stand in that big derby. Of course, that makes sense to you, right? Yeah, I don't even understand why this was a question, right? So, Well, in France, we replayed the game. Remember the Nice Marseille? But it was stupid. It was, it, was, it was Bochum who were at home, right? Yeah. So one of their guys yeah. throws the beer. You're, you're, you're losing 2-0 at home, yeah, yeah. right? One of your guys throws a beer, hits the linesman. Okay, there is a fair argument to be about like the... Because it looked like the, the assistant referee was fine to continue, but then the official referee, Schiedrichter, decided to go and... Uh, uh, no, Schiedrichter means referee. Yeah, referee. You know, I it, know, it's that's not, not the name, name of the referee. <laughs> I know, I know. Although that would, that would be kind of cool, some sort of some nominative <laughs> uh, uh, d- determinism. Or, uh, anyway... I don't understand. What 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 do you what do you what well, you the last twenty minutes of the game could have been played, for example. The game was stopped in the seventieth. So you need to said, be punished because you you couldn't control your fans. You're losing two 0 at home. What are you gonna replay the next twenty minutes? No, no, on a neutral venue. I don't replay the last twenty minutes so that then you can be slapped with another with okay. a further penalty. Okay. If Gladbach go down on goal difference by one goal, which they could have you know, got over. Uh, they played the last twenty minutes and scored three or two. Gladbach are going down. No, Don't no, worry no. about it. By the way, I know, this I, match I think also this is fine. made history. Both managers out through COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Christian Eriksen is back with the Denmark squad, and Joel just even just seeing the pictures of it's him amazing. walking around, embracing Schmeichel. It's just hard not to get emotional. It is amazing. I mean, emotional in the Christian Eriksen sense of it, obviously, as you, you could see on his face, it looked like if it was just a normal day, like exactly like he did when he signed with Brentford when he yeah. when he came back on the pitch. But you know that inside and for his family and everything, it's an amazing, an amazing moment. They played the Netherlands and Serbia in the two friendlies, and he said he's ready to go. And and you would think that he will have some game time in them, probably. Not the whole 180 minutes, but imagine just the reception of the fans wow. from from you know whatever home and away and, and opposition team or, or his own team. 
the reception is going to be just a, a very, very special moment. Sergio Aguero, in an interview on Twitch, said that everybody in English media, from newspapers to radio to TV, are much the United fans. Gab, you've worked here a long time. Does that ring true to you? Uh, no, and I don't know. I mean, I, I actually... <laughs> Why is it I, even I, I, bothering? I don't... Like, honestly, obviously, look, Manchester United are historically a bigger club than Manchester City. Yeah. And there are more Manchester United fans in existence than there are Manchester City fans. I think oh, that's not an insult. That's just a fact, Sergio. Yeah. Um, it it's also true that among pundits who go on television, Mourinho's references too, um, there aren't very many from... Manchester City, uh, which is maybe why Mika Richards is on television 24-7, yeah. right? Certainly not English-speaking ones, because others, like Aguero, for example, they're English, not so good after a decade in this country. But in the media, I can tell you, we have a lot here at ESPN of Manchester United fans. Yeah, we do. Um, too many, in my opinion. I'd eliminate some of them. But <laughs> globally, no, that's not the case. You talk to most people. There's a ton yeah. of Liverpool fans in the media. Yeah. There's a lot, ton of West Ham fans, yeah. people like that. Arsenal as well. I don't, Arsenal, very yeah. many. I don't think United are overrepresented in the media at all. People just talk about it a lot because it's a big club. But certainly, I mean, that's just my view. Anyway, Sergio. Um, right, that brings us... To the end of a painful episode of oh, the Gab and Joel Show. But we're going to be back on Monday. Uh, there's going to be lots to talk about. We're going to preview the uh, playoff finals. Next of day. course. We really won't be playing in. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, Karma Ball, African qualifying. Yeah, ton yeah. of stuff going on. Join us then. And until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love yourself.